just a quick warning that we're going to be talking about death, existentialism, obviously, uh, multiverse theory, kind of, which can be some scary shit. We got theories about eternal return. We got Emily Dickinson. If you hate her, this isn't going to be the episode for you. We got lost lovers across the times. We've got debriding, colonization, war. So lots of heavy shit, lots of complicated shit. Brace yourselves. Okay. the hunter first lightborn and i am sam and i am nikki and here we go again you guys we're gonna talk about some space some traveling some time some colonizing some crazy stuff uh it's hard it's really really hard we're still not experts in it so just be patient no we're definitely not experts no but um we're glad that you're along for the ride with us and we appreciate your patience with us and man i want to hear what you guys think of this song too like there's like so much room for theorizing so send us your your brains if you think about this stuff on a regular basis, if you are like a multiverse expert, if you are just someone who loves to play around with those ideas, please tell us what you think. What do you think of the song? What do you think of multiverses? Yeah. Do you think they're successive? Yeah. Do you think they can exist at the same time? What, I'm what's going on here? Yeah, totally. What's going on? Okay. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy this episode and the rest of the episodes on this song and all of our episodes generally. But uh, here you go. Here's mm-hmm. part two. Thanks. She sings, I believed they had got what they came for. I believed our peril was done. On the eve of the last of the great wars, after three we had narrowly won, then in parentheses, but the fourth it was carelessly done. Did she believe that their peril was, oh, oh, wait, I'm like having a new understanding of this verse now. Um, Did she believe that their peril was done and her believing was happening on the eve of the last of the great wars. So not not only is she wrong that their peril's done, like, sorry, maybe she's right that the peril was done from the last, the previous war that they were just in. Maybe she was mm-hmm. right that they got what they came for. But she was doing all that believing the day before shit was about to go down mm. on the eve of the last of the great wars. So... Yeah, now I'm understanding it being that, like, she's sitting around believing that they had got what they came for, believing that the peril was done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was right that that war was over, but, like, actually, nope. Uh, Tomorrow, another huge war is going to begin. And whether that's with the same people or different people or different iterations of those people, who knows? Yeah, and I think it also implies that not only on the morning after the eve of the last war that the fourth was started and finished. And to me, that feels like a, like a, like a nuclear sized, like war. Wait, like, say, that it, say it again. That on the so morning. Like, so because she's saying that on the eve of the last of the great wars, I believed our peril was done. So like the evening before the fourth war happened, I thought shit was good. I yeah. Was like, okay. Phew. Yeah. Like we did it. We survived. <laughs> whatever 
Um, we had won those three. Yeah. Feeling good. Chilling. But as dawn breaks or whatever, the fourth war starts. And it was carelessly done, but I'm also assuming that it's like over in a flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that almost, carelessly almost makes me feel like it's a mistake. Yeah. Like it was unintentional. <sighs> I mean, in the next verse, she's going to talk about swearing that she sees our mistake. Yeah, that's true. And it, it's interesting because I'm also curious about who the hour refers to. Because often when mm -hmm. people are talking about like our, like we had narrowly won. So mm -hmm. for the first, if you're like an American or a Canadian or whatever, like we won the first two wo world wars refers to like us and our allies, right? Our mm -hmm. nation and our nation's allies. Um, mm -hmm. We won those wars. But when we're expanding who you can fight against to include different multiverse people, then I think what that does is it shifts the focus of who we are to being like the people that belong to our planet on our timeline, maybe, maybe not even our planet, because you can, I'm imagining you can have wars with previous versions of yourself and so like that's oh, why they're that, ghosts yes. right like you can uh -huh. go back and fight yes. your yeah. literal self yeah so who us is almost doesn't even make sense anymore mm -hmm. uh, unless you index who you are to the time in which you're yes. living because who could your allies possibly be who could your allies be is the enemy just the, you yeah yeah like Ugh. yeah like, what I know Fuck. it this instantly gets so complicated just instantly. I think it's interesting too that we had narrowly won the first 3 wars. Mm -hmm. Like to me that implies like we 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 fucking tried, man. Yeah. Like we held on. And it also implies I think that there's a certain organization to those first 3 that is not yes. in the fourth me too. because yeah, careless. Like we got cocky. Like if we were careless, we're like, hey, we won these three. We can just go colonize other things too. And our narrative is like, uh, uh, uh. That's maybe too it's careless. cockiness and maybe it's also like a surprise too, right? Yeah, like something unexpected. True. So maybe you don't expect that your past, past selves from some other fucking dimension are going to come get you. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. How could you possibly expect that? Totally. And the thing is, in this, like, very hippie surprise that I am stumbling <laughs> across right now, this hippie surprise amongst the sci-fi thought, is that it's literally impossible to win a war against yourself, right? So, like, mm -hmm. you know yourself. Who knows you better than yourself? Yeah, well, that, but then also, like, imagine that, like, this version of me goes back and meets little Nikki. And I'm like, hey, I want to pick a fight. And so I like come into my filthy apartment where I'm just like smoking bowls. And Naomi comes in and is like, hey, I'm going to punch you in the face. And you like punch or kill previous Nikki. Like what happens mm -hmm. to current Nikki? What like by killing. Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. By hurting myself, then I affect myself now. So it's this like. I mean, war is always really futile, I think. But this is like 
an amplified futility mm-hmm. <laughs> that like really, 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 we need to step back and ask ourselves the questions like, what are we doing and why? Because this is, this is directly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Destructive mm-hmm. of our lives, not in this metaphorical way, but perhaps even in this very literal way, it's destructive mm-hmm. for us to win. So then it makes me wonder with little Nikki and present Nikki on a, on a greater scale, what happens in a war between multiverses? Right. Like what happens if future and present Nikki's go back and fight all of the past Nikki's? Like, don't they all just ploof? Yeah. Aren't they all just gone? I don't know. And that, maybe that's why it was carelessly done. Yeah. And like, they're all gone. Poof. We didn't think of this. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. Maybe uh, they did think of it. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. Is it Maybe just a just suicide like, mission? Yeah. Could be. <laughs> Interesting. God. But I also... It's hard to think about. I'm somewhat fond of the idea as of someone just like pulling the plug on humanity and yeah. being like, you know what? Like y'all tried, but it's enough. And like the means of pulling the plug are just like, here, let's let your, your own natures Mm -hmm. do it. Like it's your own impulse, which is what ruins lives on earth, which Mm -hmm. is what ruins like humanity. Let's just, Mm -hmm. here's a vehicle of letting that very impulse destroy us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so that's one way. And then when we start talking about the DeBrides shit later on in this song, I think this is going to come up. So I'll just introduce the idea now to you. So like we can go back in time and fight with old versions of ourselves. But then like if the multiverse exists apart from time travel, which I think it does because Joanna is talking in that interview about multiverses that um, like so different versions of Earth where no one ever started to exist right so we're just like empty versions of earth without any people oh wait so sorry can you say that again yeah yeah that in that one interview that i read at the beginning Mm -hmm. she talked about uh one of the multiverses that she's referring to or one of the concepts is these alternate versions of earth but where Mm -hmm. earth doesn't have any people where people never evolved to exist on those versions versions of earth and so so, like fish just never got out on yes yes started walking exactly and so it's just empty Mm -hmm. and so um there's so there's the idea that we're colonizing ourselves by traveling back in time and colonizing our like various timelines that emerge from all the time travel fuckery that happens when you start you know making decisions that change the course of events that like cause different universes to branch out based on your choices as your time traveling, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. There's that. But then there's also the colonization that can happen. If you're able to travel between universes, then you get to go and be like, Hey, look, I have a brand new earth that like we haven't depleted the resources on yet. Like let's go steal this one. And do the same shit to it um yeah so like these different it's like 
man, it's like so in line with human nature to get stoked mm-hmm. about the idea of like, hey, we figured out a new way to colonize. Like, let's do it. Like, fuck us. And it's not at all a reflective nature either, right? It's not, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's not true. Maybe, I think I fall on the side of like, if we were to be given a new earth, the Mm. same cycle would happen, right? Like, I don't doubt for a second that even if we started with the purest intentions, even if people left this earth to go to Mars or whatever and, you know, live there, we're number one avoiding the consequences of our actions on earth and deserting earth but number two we're also so likely to just do the same fucking thing again yes hard agree yeah so i get what you mean now actually sorry like what you said it's we're unreflective totally like in that we're not willing to change anything we're just like let's ruin different shit now even if we have the purest intentions i think it's just human nature to be selfish yeah 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 at least where from where I stand, I'm sure there are non-colonizing groups of people in places from places in history that would have a much stronger ability to avoid those impulses. Um, yeah, but not 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 in this song. <laughs> not in this song. I'm not even convinced of that. Like, uh, it might just be a problem with human nature. But you're right. It could. This could just be a more cultural. Um, insight mm-hmm. about our cultural nature to colonize. But yeah, not in this song. There's some definite desire to colonize happening here. Colonize in all different directions, forward and backwards. So when in, in her quote too, she had said that like time traveling in, in different directions, forward, backwards and sideways. And so in my mind, the forward and backwards time traveling is like traveling ahead in time and traveling mm-hmm. to the past in time. Mm-hmm. But then the sideways for me comes in when we're switching between worlds. So not in time, but when we're going to the different iterations of Earth in the different multiverses. So the, for example, the Earth that hasn't been populated ever with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like all of a sudden it, we go from being confined to like colonizing everything on our tiny little planet and then like we make this time travel discovery and all the colonizers all the colonizers are suddenly like fuck yes there's just like infinite infinite shit to colonize now like let's do that which is like another reminder of how futile the endeavor is like why why do you want to colonize everything it doesn't it can't all belong to you why do you want more and more and more and I think that that speaks to some of the greater themes in all of her music too, right? I know this is very much a Melissa Martirana thing that's like um, women are bound to the land and men are able to explore and leave and do whatever. And I also feel like that's some heavy male energy to be able to yes. be like, fuck yes, yes, there's infinite multiverses. You get one, sir, and you get one, sir, and you totally. get one, sir. and. I like the idea that that's why our narrator is left behind because she's like, but like, what? Why? Yeah, exactly. I really think that that's a huge dynamic in this song is that the woman is on the land being like, like so sad because she, her, her partner is Mm -hmm. gone exploring and like lost in a way that we don't even, we can't even conceptualize, but we'll get to Mm -hmm. that when we get to that. But like, that she's on land being like, what, 
this is, this is life right now. It's happening right now. And like, we are not by each other's side and for what, like, why have you gone up there? And, and, and you're going up there because of this weird time travel shit that's happening. Like you're going to fight war ends up perpetuating this cycle. It like is creating this new person to fight later. Like in the future, we can go back and fight this version of ourselves. And like, why? Why are we just looking for more and more fights to fight? I think it speaks to that perspective too, like being able to see that like being able to see the why is something that's really important too. Yes. Because there has to be people who are constantly asking why. Yeah. Right? But those are probably also people who do not have power. It's the same as Epiconigan when we're talking yeah. about like who changes history, who gets to yes. tell history. And it's it's that disembodied hand that is the one who shapes history, not the people being like, why? Yeah. And I think the people being like, why, are often women because of this mm-hmm. socialization that we've talked about forever, but just like this... Um, this like we are meant to stay and take care of the family and take care of the home unit and men are meant to go and make a name for themselves and go explore and go do the fighting and like both things are really hard it sucks to go out and have to fight a war and die but I think that one thing that it does do is that it gives women this privileged perspective to to be better positioned to ask the question of why like Mm -hmm. when you're when you're knee deep in the literal trenches fighting wars, I think it's hard to have that perspective because you get so caught up in the, you know, the throes of war. In the survival. Yeah, exactly. the survival of the moment of the second, right? You can only be monofocused because that's all that you can do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when you're a part of a group that's all like, ah, fight, 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 enemy, enemy, like go, go, go. You don't have the like stillness that women are afforded or are traditionally afforded because they're confined to one place. And so I don't want to just, I don't want to ignore the fact that like women are confined to one place uh, because of gender expectations in the first place. It's not because they, um, yeah, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but just like gender expectations stick us here and stick us in the first place. And that in turn gives us this, this. It forces that perspective, yes. right? It builds the box. It forces the perspective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First verse. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> uh, and okay. also like one thing about this verse is that it's, right from the get-go it's so ominous like the verse ends with but the fourth it was carelessly done like you know some shit is coming you know some bad shit's about to go down you know her belief changes we know that we're standing on the eve of the last of the great war so like there's another one it's a coming it's all just so it's apocalyptic feeling in its Mm -hmm. positioning Sam you hear how I'm selling you on the apocalypse happening here sure do (laughs) all right and that makes me wonder too if you had known like could anything would anything have changed if you had known that the fourth war was coming 
Like, would that change anything? Right. Right. Like, and what what defines the fourth war? Because I think so far, if I understand this discussion we've been having, uh, (laughs) we are saying that the fourth war is us. It's us versus us. Yes. In some capacity. In some capacity. In some multiverse. In some time space. And I forget what the point was after that. I think that's right. So though. can you can you stop it though? Is it oh, like yeah. a perpetual motion machine or right. is it something that can be stopped? Can we stop ourselves? Oh, this is a Jesus. very interesting question and it brings to mind this absolutely fascinating fascinating movie that I watched about mm. someone trying to stop himself from doing something and it had to do with time travel and I loved it and I normally I don't like to stop and pause the podcast for a second. Don't actually pause it, but like I don't like to stop because it's hard for editing, but it's I feel like it's worth it. I'm just going to ask Dave what it was, David, what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Go because I want to recommend it to anybody who might be getting the feel for it from listening to our discussion. Recommend it to me. Yes, and please watch it. It's super good. I think Ethan Hawke maybe is in it. Nikki and I have been talking a lot recently about the new season of um, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, So if you're watching that and you want to talk about it on Facebook, (laughs) let us know. I think a new episode comes out tonight. Oh, shit. So (laughs) intense, you guys. Uh, I ruined my night again. I I am bad at texting because I was talking at the same time. So I said like, hey, love, do you remember that movie maybe with Ethan Hawke? And just instantly David knows. He's like the time travel one. I'm like, yes, that's like what I meant to even say. And he says, yep, predestination. And yes, that's exactly what it is. Predestination. Predestination. Go watch that shit. I forget what he's trying to stop, but it sounds like in my memory, he's trying to stop something. And then there's like this really twisty, turny, cool. Yeah. For his final assignment, a top temporal agent must pursue the one criminal that has eluded him throughout time. The chase turns into a unique, surprising, and mind-bending exploration of love, fate, identity, and time travel taboos. We should watch. I love the idea of a temporal agent. Yeah, temporal agent. Totally. We should watch that and do a bonus episode on it. Give our our, uh, our students, I was going to (laughs) say. You guys are my teacher. I can't turn it off. Give our listeners a little homework assignment um, uh, to watch that movie and then come explore the bonus episode with us. It's 2014. It's not even like it's new. It's not even like it's new? I watched something time traveling recently too. Is it with fucking what's-his-name? Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. It was an inception. Was it even with him? I have no idea. The thing with reading things and watching things with me is as soon as I'm a very fast reader, number one. So I read shit real fast and then it's gone. Yeah. (laughs) I read things slowly and it's gone just as much. (laughs) Like a second after I'm done reading it, I just like do not remember. Oh, actually – to contradict myself, I just read a book by Emily Saint something. Emily Saint something. Mandel. Emily Saint Mandel. Something like that. Uh, and it was about time travel. I thought it was pretty good. It's like her newest book. 
Anyways, to send us your best time travel recommendations. I can't deal with it if it's too sci-fi-y, but if it's character development-y and sci-fi-y and time travel-y and especially like, like, have you watched the, um, yeah, send me your recommendations is what my thought was. I keep interrupting myself, but um, Sam, have you watched the Netflix series, the German Netflix series called Dark? Oh, so I watched, how many seasons are there of it now? Three, I want to say. So I watched the first two. Yeah. And I think I think I either wasn't paying attention yeah. at the end of the second season and I lost the plot. Yeah. I just couldn't find that string again. Yeah. Or it just got too scary. Yeah. I one or the other. I could see both things happening. Um visually it's incredible. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is one of the most challenging shows I've ever watched. Like it I, I've watched the whole thing, I think, or the first two seasons I've watched like I think three or four times because mm-hmm. literally just keeping the thread on like who is who and like from what timeline. Yes. It's super, super hard. I remember I literally had like a chart to consult as I was watching it to try to understand. And yeah. then the third season I was just like not as impressed by. I wanted it to be a little bit I don't know. I, I just wasn't as impressed with it. But the first two seasons are so good. So if you guys are into time travel shit, I highly recommend checking out Dark on Netflix, even though it's very challenging for me. Okay. <clears throat> trying to remember what the fuck movie I watched recently. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, do we go on to the next verse? Wait, let me just quickly see what Genius has to say about this, um, the first verse. So the annotation for On the Eve of the Last of the Great Wars is <clears throat> as follows. In addition to the Great Wars, wars referring to the... Dim- oh, yeah, right. Mm. Sorry, I distracted myself here. Okay, so this... Genius entry refers to the genius entry that comes right after. So I'm going to read the one that comes right after first Mm -hmm. in order to give this context. Okay. So the next annotation on genius is, um, this is for the after three would narrowly one, but the fourth, it was carelessly done. It says the dividing and numbering of the wars into three and the fourth could refer to dimensions. And I believe Melissa Marchrano makes this point too in one of the blessing all the birds articles. All right, so there being the first three, which are spatial, three dimensions of spatiality, and the fourth, which is time, which is super interesting that there is a potential comparison happening between like the actual great wars, but also that the idea that each war could itself represent a dimension. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth uh, is carelessly done, as in like the time travel war is carelessly, carelessly done. Really cool. Um, then, then this person goes on to say, it is also possible that she's referring to great wars, that is to world wars, that is to world wars. World War One was called the Great War and the war to end all wars until a bigger, even more horrifying war came along two decades later. The disturbing conceit of the song is that we've zoomed right past world wars three and four, the last of which apparently we lost at last and into a fifth great war which can't even be called a world war because it takes uh, place off world. 
This song is a predestination paradox. Over the course of four wars, three close, the last one a rout, the protagonists had defeated armies of mysterious invaders. At the conclusion of the last war, the protagonists gained access to time travel technology and ended up becoming the very armies that they had just beaten back. Ooh, super interesting. Oh my God, that's what it is. Wait, did you did you catch that that concept? That in the last war, we become the enemy. That okay? So, uh, imagine that. Um, at the end of the last war that we are fighting in our present timeline, um, or, or sorry, we're we're fighting this war in our present timeline. Let's say it's the fourth war, the time travel war. And we're having the war is because we have these invaders coming to planet Earth from who knows where. They're just like coming in from the air. They're uh, light born <laughs> and and we have to fight them off. So maybe that's why she's saying like they had got what they came for. These invaders to our home took what they um, were trying to take. OK, then as that war ends, we're like, phew. They're gone, and we're continuing to develop our technology. We develop the technology, the time travel technology. And then what we find out from having done so is that, oh, my God, the people we just fended off were actually ourselves coming backwards, but, like, mm-hmm. to fight. So it was us the whole time. <laughs> the enemy was us the whole time. And so we develop the time travel technology, and then as we saw come back to fight ourselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cyclical, beautiful with the themes of the album. Yeah. Beautiful with the themes of the album. Absolutely terrifying to realize that people we just <laughs> fought off and fended off and we thought that they got what they came for were just us in the future. I find that mm-hmm. terrifying. Um, okay. And so uh, then this person qu- uh, quotes Albert Einstein. I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Interesting. From Albert Einstein. A reference to Einstein fits in with the ideas of theoretical metaphysics with the album that the album dabbles with and with Sapokonikin's references to the destruction of civilization. So I guess Einstein's thought there is that... Um, well, I don't know, World War Three is going to have some fancy technology shit, but World War Four, like after we get through World War Three, that'll be the end of humanity as we know it. We're going to crumble everything down to the ground. And so we're going to have only sticks and stones remaining because we ruined everything. I don't think it's like, I mean, that seems like a much more fair war than like, you know, whatever fucking awful weapons people could come up with. Yeah. Okay, and then so going back to the previous annotation, or did you have other stuff to say about the the one that I just read? No. Okay, so going back so. to the previous annotation, so in addition to the Great Wars, referring to another, uh, referring to the dimensions and the Great World Wars, another interpretation arises regarding Newsom's interest in philosophy of time, shown on the album. Uh, so Fre- Friedrich Nietzsche, writing in Essay Homo. Um, I don't know, called the uh, called the revaluation of all values, the Great War. And Newsom herself refers to Nietzsche's concept of eternal return on this very album. 
Oh, so I didn't actually know that. Um, I'm just going to keep reading. Uh, In this context, a new understanding of the album can arise. When Newsom claims that half of the things she's saying she's ashamed of exactly halfway through the album, this is indicative of her value system undergoing a reformation. As Karl Pletch writes in History and Friedrich Nietzsche's Philosophy of Time, Nietzsche sought to prove that the history, that history slash time was declining. In order to destroy all prevailing ideals while making room for the Superman, the will to power, and for the ideal of the returnal of the eternal return of the same. History, as the saying goes, repeats itself, and this cyclical nature means that the great conflict of the current and the transformative values is unending. Okay. That's a lot. I don't know how much I got from that other than (laughs) this, uh, the reevaluation, like the fact that our values are going to be changing and... uh, uh, in a cyclical way, I guess. I, I'm not really even sure. We're going to get to the great return. It's, it's hard, but. I mean, I think it makes sense that like as a greater society that those values would be cyclical, right? As modernization happens yeah. and whatever else happens, that our focus would change throughout time. Yeah. But I think it also makes sense that as we're going through these four great wars, that those would be cycled through and that every time something awful happens your perspective changes and you i don't know i that will never happen again like that yeah, was fucking awful yeah. let's never do that again but then it just keeps happening just keeps happening i love that he that nietzsche referred to that cyclical revaluation mm-hmm. of all values as the great war that's super interesting mm-hmm all right. I think that's all I have for this first verse, I believe. Yeah. Do you have anything else for the first verse? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I guess we could talk a little bit about like what exactly multiverse theory is. Do you have stuff on that? I have the Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah. That would, ha- that would be helpful. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> this is multiverse theory as per Wikipedia, which I think is the one of the most trustworthy sources for things <laughs> i like the i like that many people contribute anyway okay wikipedia tells us that multiverse is a hypothetical group of multiple universes together these universes comprise everything that exists including the entirety of space time matter energy information and the physical laws and constants that describes them that describe them. The different universes within the multiverse are called parallel universes, other universes, alternate or many worlds. So I think as we've been talking about this, I've only thinking, I've only been thinking about the multiverse in its physical form. I haven't been thinking so much about matter or energy or information, but I think we can throw at least information into that like suitcase of things you bring with you. Yeah while you travel and i think at least in our theory so far that suitcase has to be pretty dang light (laughs) so like what what comes with you and like i guess the same could be said about matter and energy like what physical matter do you bring with you if anything yeah um okay what else 
The idea of infinite worlds was first suggested by the, I'm sure you know this guy, pre-Socratic Greek philosopher Anaximander. Anaximander? I don't know. In the sixth century BC. (laughs) Don't know anything about it at all. I just assume anything with philosophy, you'll have some something to say about it, but that is totally (laughs) the evidence is not clear whether the worlds as Anaximander viewed them, were coexistent or successive, but he believed they were all perishable and in a cycle of creation and destruction. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. I, we also haven't touched on the idea that they're coexistent or successive. So successive, I'm assuming, would mean that like one needs to be destroyed before the next one can be right. created. Right. Um, but we have touched on the idea of perishability and like a cycle of creation and destruction. Yes. So I think think as i'm thinking about the song i viewed them as coexistent yeah me too but if they weren't if they were successive that would mean that like in order to in order for one multiverse to attack the other people time travelers would have had to leave one one universe one universe yeah. and be in transition to another yes while that one was being destroyed yes. and a new one was being created bonkers okay it's like tricky in terms of time like it's like throwing a bomb behind you and then shooting ahead and like Ooh. hoping for the best yeah and actually now that you say that it's tricky in terms of time because okay from your position in the new universe and you're, you're like mm-hmm. standing in your new, new universe being like, I'm going to go back to the universe that existed before ours existed. And mm-hmm. so you go back there and do what you need to do, colonize what you need to colonize, invade who you need to invade. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. But you're in the universe that existed before the one that you're from. So mm-hmm. your universe literally doesn't exist anymore. Because you need to wait yeah. for this universe to die before the next one exists. So that that is a terrifying way to get lost in, in time travel. You go back and you just, there is no returning home because home does not exist from then it, the perspective of the world that you're in. And then it kind of forces that violent entry to, right? Like I have no choice but to come in with guns a-blazing because I have nothing else and i also have nothing left to lose yeah like yeah. my whole world is gone my whole world is gone and then like my whole universe is gone yeah my whole universe is literally gone and and the poor woman who's like standing looking into the skies like mm-hmm. oh my god your your partner is more gone than you could conceive <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, more gone than you could ever conceive. And there's no, there's no, is there, can you come back? Not if your world's gone, not if your universe is gone. If your universe doesn't exist yet, then I think you need to wait for the destruction of your universe in order for that next universe to even exist. Right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? If anything I say when we're talking about this song doesn't make sense, please, or or anytime. You have to tell Any me. of this has a strong, um, like, uh, foothold in sensical things. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's kind of fun about it's it. It's so fun, exactly. Um, I'm going to read just a little passage of Blessing All the Birds on Multiverse 
closeness and how it relates to this song, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is from um, this is from delving into divers waltz of the hundred and first lightborn on blessing all the birds, and this is Melissa's entry or part of it. You guys, I'm going to obviously link to this in the show notes. Absolutely, go check out these articles. They are for this song in particular, like really enlightening and interesting and insightful and all the good things. Okay, so um, uh, here Melissa writes. Waltz becomes even more complicated because these humans have not just conquered the fourth dimension, but in doing so, they have gained the ability to traverse the multiverse. The multiverse hypothesizes that there could be infinite universes and that if there are infinite universes, one of these alternate universes inevitably would be very much like the the other, maybe even a copy. With such an eerily similar universe, there could be another Earth and and another human race. When 101st Lightborn elite leave their Earth for the 101st time, uh, they are looking for another Earth. They are looking for a sim- simulacriage, <laughs> uh, that word that Joanna invented, land to exploit on Earth lookalikes. The tragedy and horror of the song lies in the fact that they do not realize the real consequences of the multiverse and their access to it. They could be going to an earth that is very similar in every way to theirs. And then in parentheses, she writes, although I'm not convinced Highlands Earth is an exact copy, meaning that they could go to an earth with the same level of technology, not one less advanced. Or an earth like Highlands could come to them because of their own understanding of technology. As the 101st Lightborn Elite go out to colonize, they too can be colonized by the new Highlands Light Infantry. If you are invading an almost replica of Earth, they could also be on the process in the process of invading you. And then she says, uh, "Note, NB. Um, the stack of slides image we see in the penultimate verse of the song is a visualization of the flattening of time and also a visualization of the multiverse. We'll get there, but okay, that's what she had to say at least on the multiverse uh, hypothesis. I like this quote from George Ellis against the idea of a multiverse. Mm. It's not really against. It's kind of like a soft against. (laughs) George Ellis says, as skeptical as I am, I think the contemplation of the multiverse is an excellent opportunity to reflect on the nature of science and on the ultimate nature of existence. Why are we, why are we here? In looking at this concept, we need an open mind, though not too open. It's a delicate path to tread. (laughs) Parallel universes may or may not exist. The case is unproved. We are going to have to live with that uncertainty. Nothing is wrong with scientifically based philosophical speculation, which is what multiverse proposals are, but we should name it for what it is. I like the idea that this guy's like, I don't really know. Could be one, could be the other. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really proven either way. But I like the idea that it brings us back to the why are we here? Yes. Um, which yes. I think is just a 99.9% of her music. <laughs> yes, me too. And like, oh, it, it, one thing that I really love about philosophy and like why I'm in philosophy and uh, why it's just so fun to talk about is because 
oftentimes it gets down to these really big questions. It just like gives you that perspective of like stepping back in the way that the woman on the album like has a step back and look at this war from like a a different perspective. I love the insight that that can give you and doing the same thing in philosophy is just like, wait, I'm stepping back and I'm looking at all of this from a more removed distance. And like that can, it often makes you ask just like, okay, so like, sorry, what's the purpose of all of this? I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like a cliched, dumb way of describing philosophy, but it, it, it's nice sometimes. I think it's important to have that perspective, especially in, you know, these pieces of art, these, these, this music that we are. And it's so interesting with her work too, because you don't have to dive in this deep. Yeah. That's what's so incredible about it, right? Like you don't have to think twice about any of these theories. You don't have to put yourself in this perspective of the narrator. You don't have to analyze the generals to the the extent that we do and that so many of our fans do. You can just appreciate it on that base level of musicality and enjoyment and joy and whatever or sadness or like ultimate, ultimate, ultimate depression or whatever. But it is really fun. Totally. Speaking (laughs) of the musicality, is it an actual waltz is it in three four time one two three one two three. Uh-huh. i think i think it is that's cool yeah i believe you i i'm not sure i'm trying to figure it out for myself i think yes don't know for sure um that would be a nice little a nice little uh goose egg yeah uh okay uh oh i was gonna say one other thing that i just forgot before we go today um one more little thing about the first verse that i'm sure is probably obvious but uh, i was thinking that i love the idea that uh she explicitly mentions the eve of the last of the great wars Mm -hmm. Um, and then you would you would talked about like, okay, so like tomorrow morning we're gonna wake up and there's gonna be like a whole other war. And I just love the the similarity or like the like echoing of stuff that was happening in anecdotes and I think mm-hmm. beyond that too. But the idea that like our cycle starts in the morning and that like we live through the day at night is like the end of a life this was also happening to you on leaving the city. I'm just distracting myself, but yeah. And like the Eve is the end of the life or the end of the cycle or the end of like the season or the end of the day. And here's a whole brand new war and a whole brand new potentially life and a whole brand new day. I don't know if that makes sense, but just, just driving home the theme of, of cycles and seasons and, and it all coming back to the same place. Yeah. And time. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) is right okay so we don't have time to start with the next verse so should we just do our goodbyes okay yeah so thank you so much for listening to part two of 101st lifeborn yes waltz of the 101st lifeborn jesus christ um thank you so much for listening uh we very much appreciate you being here and being patient with our like 
physics for dummies, but like dumber than that uh, <laughs> discussion. Um, we have a Facebook group of uh, Hopeless Endeavor, Jordan Newsome podcast. We have a Patreon that you should check out. I will link to that in the show notes there. You can find early episode releases as well as some bonus content. Um, Patreon.com slash a hopeless endeavor. Sam does a bang up job. Is that an wow. expression? Uh, running our Instagram. And it is uh, a hopeless endeavor podcast. Mm-hmm. You can DM have, her there. You can. I am pretty good at responding there. You can email us too. Did you say her? I email? did not say her email yet. A hopeless endeavor at gmail.com. We love that. Love getting your thoughts and theories and tin hat blurbs there. Please send them our way. And voice memos, you guys. Send us those voice yeah. memos. I love your sweet voices and mm-hmm. the stuff that you're saying with those voices. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will see you next week with part three of Waltz of the 100 First Lifeborn. <laughs> yeah, I know that we will. the song for sure. Okay. Until then. Bye. <laughs>